is unavoidable. It is your destiny. Welcome to the Your Destiny Podcast, a Star Wars Destiny podcast on everything relating to Star Wars Destiny, the collectible card game. My name is Klaus, I'll be your host today. My name is Merson, I'll be your co-host. Vive la France! <laughs> We're going to talk about French nationals today. But before talking about French nationals, Mass, we're going to talk about how the world of destiny was put on fire for four days. Yeah. <laughs> the world was in flames. <laughs> At least the world that we live in when it relates to Star Wars Destiny, namely social media and Discord. People, they were talking about OTK, whether it was the one-turn kill vehicle deck with Shadowcaster, whether it was the one-turn mill deck with lying in wait buyout, or the new horror that everyone was... That was sort of like talk of the town, the Qui-Gon Jinn's lightsaber in connection with Luke's protection and Awakening's Qui-Gon Jinn. The second infinite loop in Star Wars Destiny, and I dare to say an invincible deck. Sure. It looked really good. <laughs> Fairly easy combo to put it, together. It's a fairly easy combo. A thing and a thing. And <laughs> use the thing. Yeah, I put this thing down. Mm. I exhaust this thing. You take some damage. I do it again. You take some more damage, and sort of like 30 times uh, later, you're dead. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was a fairly easy combo. Some would even claim that the remedy to the problem, namely the wording on the Qui-Gon Jinn's lightsaber, was a fairly easy fix, but not for FFG. No. <laughs> I mean, the kind of loops you have to go through to not <laughs> fix it correctly, that was impressive. So actually, we posted on our Facebook page because we got hold of a mail from uh, Jeremy Swern where he clarified what is it that the Qui-Gon Jinn's lightsaber is doing. And uh, we posted it. There was a response from Alex Thorne, uh, the OP manager for uh, Organized Play in Europe, uh, or the OP coordinator. And it sort of put into motion this idea or it sort of initiated this idea that the design team had fixed the card prior to the French Nationals. That was why people was in a hurry because they were afraid that this combo would work going into the French Nationals, the first Nationals using uh, Across the Galaxy cards. The design team then on their official questions and answers page, which is essentially giving rules clarifications, came up with an answer to this problem, mainly uh, something with if you cannot pay the cost for Y, you can't do X, and there was, it was very complicated until some random guy on Facebook realized that that meant that you couldn't play Han Solo as a hero card because you wouldn't be able to fulfill the... Uh, y, so you yeah. couldn't do X uh, if... <laughs> Yeah, new clarification came out and when we said that the fix would be easy it would have been just adding one of the keywords that they are using in so many cards namely a then a keyword they're also using on Darth Vader's yeah. <laughs> lightsaber in yeah, the same yeah, set yeah. so something they should be you yeah. know, should be aware of existed why do you think that FFG have introduced these keywords like before after then and still are not using them consistently in their cards. I really can't tell you. It's 
and it's something they need to get much much better at it's something that their competitors are much better at and these keywords exist for a reason so we will see them get better but uh, you know because it has to do with sequencing right i mean that's where it's so important and i think it's really important in destiny because destiny can be a very complicated game Uh, and because of the level of complexity you need to have cards that are absolutely clear in what they do and when they do things yeah at the end of the day it got solved we all knew i mean we all knew what they wanted to do they just didn't manage to fix it until a few attempts later the clarification came out meaning that we couldn't play that particular combo for the french nationals mass would you have brought that deck if they hadn't made the oh yeah, yeah i brought i brought every every card to to build the deck and i even brought card to make it better in the mirror just so that i had a, a chance to win in the tournament okay. Uh, so actually, that's one thing that we'll talk a bit about later in the program, namely mirror matches. Because mirror matches is probably one of the most interesting aspects of the strategic approach to a game in Star Wars Destiny. And we'll talk about it in connection with what is going to be our main segment, namely the French Nationals and the horror that turned out to be Thronesnow. French Nationals, Masutson. How was it for you? It was great. Great tournament. Yeah. Went well. Good people. Yeah. Good tournament. It was very And I had a blast. Yeah, as always, when we go to these uh, large tournaments around Europe, it's always great meeting the people who read our stuff on our website and who listen to our podcast. And they came over and they were saying hi. And that's amazing. How did the tournament feel? What deck did you bring? The Thrawn Snow. So you're one of the 11 players bringing Thrawn Snow? Yep. Okay. There's obviously been a lot of talk already uh, following the tournament on Throne Snoke. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about that deck. We already dedicated almost a full podcast to that character pairing, but also because it's a dead character pairing. We know that Snoke is going to get nerfed. That is inevitable. But I think that for this tournament, anyone going into the tournament recognized that this is by a long shot. I mean, this is by far the strongest deck in the format. Do you disagree? I I don't disagree. I, I still think the OTK decks are, are very, very strong. Yeah. Uh, especially, or, I think after more testing that only the Shattercast deck is very, very strong. The middle mm. deck is a little too squishy still. Yeah. Uh, it's so good at goal fishing and playing mm. just mm. against itself, but it's just any disruption thrown at it. Yeah. It just it throws it off curve. Uh, so I do think, the, but it's the Shattercast deck is very, very good. Yeah, it is. It just has a mediocre 
Thrawn Snoke matchup. I feel that it has a poor uh, Thrawn Snoke matchup. Yeah. Almost no matter what variant of Thrawn Snoke you play, it feels like the Shadowcaster deck is at a disadvantage. A, l- a little bit of a disadvantage. It was my only loss in the tournament it was to the Shadowcaster OTK, but it, f- it felt like I should have won that game hadn't I made a mistake, mm. so yeah. Mm. I can see where you're coming from. But rather than talking about Throne Snoke, the character pairing, let's try and talk a bit about design philosophies. Uh, because that can also be applied to decks outside of that character pairing. But we had a lot of talk. So I tested different versions of Throne Snoke, starting out with the Grand Moff Jedi Temple version. That's the one that Zachary Hahn brought to Nova. And we know this version, which is really good at disrupting your opponent's hand, letting you play an unmitigated round or continuously playing unmitigated rounds. Then there's the sort of good old version of uh, Throne Snoke playing with Hailfire droid tanks, adding in now Vader's fist, adding in the TIE fighters. That's sort of like a very standard uh, version. And then we added uh, some cards to our version, which we felt made it maybe just a tad weaker in the mirror match, not by a lot, but maybe just a bit weaker in the mirror match, but strengthening in almost any other matchup. And we basically, we refer to these three versions as the control version, playing the Jedi Temple Grand Muff, the mid-range version with the Hellfire droid tanks, with the Vader's Fist, with the TIE Fighters, which is, of course, a stable and a core in all of the Throne Snoke decks. And ours, we then described as the aggro version. Maybe can you just go a bit into sort of what were our main changes to the deck that we brought to French Nationals? First thing we did was adding a handheld cannon, S1 handheld cannon. <laughs> we don't have a lot of upgrades, and if you just have, have one upgrade on your guy or yeah, two upgrades, yeah. that thing hits like a truck. Uh, just uh, four damage size with four two, ginormous two or damage three. Sides. So yeah, huge, huge damage output for just one two-cost upgrade. And then we added Imperial Discipline, which is tech from, from the good old Ron Telson days, yeah. where you would run Imperial Discipline. Uh, but Imperial Discipline has a pretty mediocre die. It has an action where you remove the Imperial Discipline die and you turn one of your dice to a damage or a range damage or a resource site. Yeah. And so, of course, uh, it's like a one-cost upgrade with six focus on it, mm. uh, if you want it to be. Uh, because you always just remove it and just put Thrawn at resource, which is what you want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, if Thrawn is carrying a handheld cannon, it can also find damage. So it just does everything you want in the deck. Uh, it's, it's pretty nasty. Yeah. Then uh, what we also did was we recognized that... All right, so, so there's clearly a few cards printed here in the new set that are just above his weight class compared to, to any others the cards from any other set which mm. mainly being Vader's Fist and, and of course the, the consistency of the TIE Fighter that we've been praising a lot so we instead of filling our deck with Hailfire George Tanks and Fang Fighters and Arc 170s to, to make sure that we had a, the critical dents of vehicles mm. to use all our money out we just play two Boundless Ambitions instead playing less of the weaker cards we did want to pay three to play that Arc 170 that no, no. You know, shoots for two when we could play TIE Fighter that also shoots for through or Vader Fist that just does 10 damage yeah, yeah. so Boundless Ambition was helping us to dig to those crucial key mm. cards instead of wasting our time and big slots and, and yeah, nonsense yeah so we released an article uh, with our tournament report and in that article I sort of recap or I retell sort of a conversation we had concerning this, uh, this uh, the test of the deck and at some point I told you that I never lost a game in which I played Vader's Fist round one. Yeah. And that sort of, <laughs> it sort of led us into this uh, conversation where we were like, but 
then shouldn't we always play Vader's Fist round one? I mean, how, it, yeah, so it, how do we do that? Yeah. Basically, <laughs> we just wanted to do that with it. And then the backup plan was, you know, TIE Fighters. Yeah. And that's a pretty decent backup plan. Yeah, it's, I mean, the TIE Fighters, they have a damage output of eight, which is, I mean, decent for four vehicle dice. But it was sort of trying to figure out what are our chances with just two copies of Vader's Fist in our deck? What are our chances to draw into it? All right, we improve our chances by digging deep into our deck, using the boundaries, maybe even using a second boundaries, and still being able to finance the Vader's Fist. Can we just for a second talk about Vader's Fist? Yeah, completely broken. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, ironically, the the Thrawn Snoke deck that won the tournament only had one copy of Vader Fist. But uh, just for anyone checking deck lists, this is not by that was Garrett's way of saying "fuck you." Yeah, this, this is not by intent. This is because him and his playtest group only had enough copies that they could get two each, and then Garrett kind of pulled the short <laughs> stick on that one. Yeah. Uh, so he only gets to play with one, and that was enough for Garrett. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's that good. He's apparently that good. Is it broken? Yeah. Should it be fixed? Is it that broken? Yeah, in, in you know in, in some way, but it it's by far the best you know, support in the game right yeah. now. It completely outclasses su- supports cheaper or, at the, or more expensive or at the same cost. You know, compared to the speeder tank, with the way fists is just the power of the fist means that everything they have to print from now on and out, out uh, if it costs five and it's villain it's gotta be on, on you know either it's, it's unplayable or they it's gotta be just too strong so they should do something about it it could deal 12 damage around one it, it could yeah for, it's, it's an eight damage or it's an eight resource play but yeah, yeah it, sure. it, it, it could and all you know it just smashes you for six and disrupt you for three yeah. and then <laughs> next turn you know it gives you two shields and smash you for four yeah. and, you know and it's just and you can't really mitigate the die because it just comes out again yeah, and yeah. it's just it's just too good it feels extremely strong it feels so abusive and, too. and and it feels like you have the upper hand the moment you get it down yeah i even had some games playing the mirror match against another thrown stroke player and he was so afraid of me getting the vader's fist that he guessed five yeah. in his opening move with thrown just to remove it in case i had it, it really i didn't s- have it in no hand. it really says something about about power of the, of the card yeah so that's one thing. We added in the Boundless Ambition to reliably draw into our Vader's Fist or the TIE Fighters. We also ran a very, very small uh, vehicle package, basically just the two Vader's Fists or the two supports. Uh, I ran an ATST on top of that. It's because I needed something to protect myself against the fat vehicle decks, yeah. the four TIE Fighters, and one Separatist landing craft. Yeah. So the Separatist landing craft, there's of course a different story to that. That was uh, Zachary Hahn's tech when he made the Grand Moff uh, Jedi Temple version. And it's of course because you are very volatile to your opponent claiming out. And since they're claiming out with Jedi Temple, they're going to look at your hand and remove uh, events. So you can't be sitting around with dark rituals that could do the same thing. So it's basically a way for you to generate the six uh, health from a dark ritual yep. on, on Thrawn. It's, right? it's a really good tech by yeah. him. Yeah. And it's really well seen that he makes his hand vulnerable the moment yep. that your opponent is claiming out. Right? Our version also runs a lot more control cards. It has a bigger event package, uh, 15, You, I think you ran 17 events actually. Yep. How did the events work out for you? Oh, super sweet. So uh, first thing I did was I had two balance ambitions. Mm. So I just wanted as many zero cost events as I could just because I just emptied my hand and just restock. So I just played two hidden motives, two doubts, two probes, and then I went for two as foreseen as well which is um, 
just uh, I call them the training wheels in our testing. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure about the meta, what people would be doing. No, this no, is so no. new, so I played the training wheels, which lets you look at your opponent's hand and uh, take an extra ambush for zero. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was just a way to make sure that my throne was always hit perfectly, and uh, just a way to clear out my hand before I refill with boundless. Yeah, yeah. And this is the first time it's been playable. Normally, you could never play a card that, you know, it's a fifth of your hand just to get information. Not never, but it's a fifth of your hand to get information and then do nothing else. It's not yeah, powerful yeah, enough. Yeah. But with Bounce Ambition and TIE Fighter gaining so much, generating mm, so much card advantage, mm. you could actually afford to play this, uh, yeah, this, this yeah. type of card. So I was I was happy with... I, I played two, but I would have been more happy with one, I guess. But <laughs> I think the one, one is nice. The interesting thing that it wasn't until the top eight games where the Boundless Ambitions failed me. So the Boundless Ambitions actually fulfilled their roles perfectly in the sense that you very often have an opponent who would claim out and you, you had one or two cards left in your hand and they would claim out thinking that you have one card to pitch to reroll, you haven't really played anything, then you Boundless, then you find your Vader's Fist or you find your TIE Fighter or, I mean, and you sort of generate, you get sort of this... Um, you you make this impact on the game very late in the round yep. and suddenly you just put seven or eight damage down so in the top eight games actually the boundless did fail me because i tried the same strategy i didn't pull into my support and that of course meant that now i was sitting with a lot of cards in hand that i couldn't really use yeah. but where i felt that the boundless was super powerful in throne snow was that it allowed you to thin out your deck I mean, one thing is that the TIE Fighters already densifies your deck, so you have only the best mitigation left in your deck. But on top of that, going through it with Boundless, it's true that you sort of get it to the bottom of your deck fast, but you also get to sift through it and find exactly the cards you need at the right time. Yep. Another thing which was impressed me a lot with our construction of the deck was how aggro it was, how much damage that could come out of it with very little effort, actually. Let's say that you didn't draw into your vehicles, you didn't draw into your TIE fighters, you didn't find your Vader's Fist, then you would just have a handheld cannon, you just put it on Snoke, you just activate him or put it on uh, Thrawn, just activate, and then you just find seven indirect damage and yeah. you'll be, I mean, that would be the round and you'll be on to the next round and then you would find your TIE fighters. So I really felt that that design philosophy was, for us at least, in the tournament, the right way to go. Yeah, so and normally people stare themselves blind that Thrawn, Snoke, you only make money. So every time you power action Thrawn's money to, to generate a certain amount of greed. But this one actually closes our list, closes fairly fast. And I often find myself generating money the first round, of course, and mm -hmm. generate this huge advantage in board states by playing three or four TIE Fighters or a gun and three TIE Fighters. But then even from the second round, I would power action the double focus on Thrawn mm -hmm. and just put maximum you know, I had already seen my opponent's hand he has no, no mitigation or max out all my dice and just resolve you know 12 indirect damage and do the same next round and you know close the game out round two or three yeah, yeah. it really feels now we've talked about that Jeremy Swern said in an interview that his design philosophy was to make the games in Star Wars Destiny longer and by longer he implied more rounds yeah and that has actually not happened. No. I mean, of course, in, in terms of, of minutes played, it might be a bit longer, or maybe even the same, but the number of rounds you play are actually significantly less. Yeah. It feels like most games are done with by round two, at least when you play a deck like Throne Snoke that can put out that much damage in such a short amount of time and using very few cards. Yeah.
de rien Ni le bien qu'on m'a fait Ni le mal, tout ça m'est bien égal Non, rien de rien Non, je ne regrette rien C'est payé Allumer le feu, mes chagrins, mes plaisirs, je n'ai plus besoin de balayer les amours avec leur trémolo, balayer pour toujours, je repars à zéro. If you were to go to a tournament tomorrow, which of the three versions? Now we've seen all three versions. Gerrit Bacher, he took the win in France, and congratulations on that. And his version was a, a Grand Muff Jedi Temple version, playing very similar. I mean, he would have played two Vader's Fists if he could. So a huge vehicle package, the Jedi Temple Grand Muff combo, and a fairly small event suite. Then we had the version with the runner-up, Tony Franco, played a version with the Hellfire Droid Tanks TIE Fighter, which is also a really powerful combination. If you get two Hellfire Droid Tanks round one, then you start pumping out TIE Fighters. You're dealing eight indirect damage just off the TIE Fighters. Yep. And then if you compare to our deck. I would still play our more aggressive version. Yeah. I've never been a fan of Grand Moff. I'm still not. It is very powerful in, in certain matchups, uh, but I think there's so... We, we see, at least in the semifinals, we see uh, Jan uh, have a game where the Grand Moff We also see in the finals just how powerful it is. Yeah. So the, the incredibly powerful Jedi Temple. Mm, don't get me wrong, mm, but mm. he put his payoff card is the Grand Moff. He drew it, he played it, but his opponent just sunk seven damage into Thrawn yeah. and yeah. killed him early round two. And he only got to activate his Grand Moff once, the first time activating, uh, just mm, switching the mm. battlefield to Jedi Temple, and then the second time using it. So it was four resources for a probe. Yeah, yeah. which is not where you want to be at. Yeah. Uh, and that is something that, you know, in the Thrawn Snoke mirror doesn't happen too often, but if you're playing against Beckett Talson, if you're playing against Aiden Talson, or just any aggressive version that pumps damage in Thrawn, of course, yeah, you can model it in a way and you cannot play it, but sometimes, you know, when you put these clunky decks in your cards in your hand, this is going to be your, your payoff yeah, card. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to sit there with the Grand Moth you can't really play, and I'd much rather just have a boundless ambition and just go find the cards that I always want to play. Mm. The Vader's Fist, yeah, the yeah. TIE Fighters. So yeah, I think our version is superior, but I mean, we didn't clinch the win. No, no, no. Uh, no. And uh, Garrett did. So. Yeah. So during the tournament, I had a few cards in my deck where I felt these were really VIP cards. Uh, we already talked about Imperial Discipline, which for me was a, an extremely good card. It didn't really matter if it was the handheld cannon. I mean, it could be a chance cube or just on, on Thrones uh, regular dice. It just felt like that card really belonged in the deck. Yeah. Why, why hasn't it been in the deck before, I think? We checked it in fairly late. So, yeah, it's a, so it actually says something about, I think, how these decks sort of... People become so locked in their way of thinking. Mm. So you have been running Thrones Note for a long time yeah. and with the Grand Moff uh, version. And so we were doing some late night testing and we were talking with, with Jan and other great Thrawn Snow players that had just been running these set lists and not really mm, tinkering with mm. them. 
And oh, they could all all of them knew that you know they wanted to add more support, so they just upgraded the support, but they didn't really challenge the the format of the Thrawn Snoke deck, mm. which is you know just ramp money and play supports. But yeah, yeah. you can actually do more to it. And then it was a late night uh, discussion with you had with Joe. Uh, Joe Colon from the Yeah, we did the testing session. Yeah, you did the testing session, and then he just says, why not play the handheld cannon? It looks great in that <laughs> deck. And you put it in, and it overperformed. Yeah, it performed. I was still wasn't on that deck yet, and you were still doing all the testing on the Thrones. Mm-hmm. For, for our team, I was working on other decks, but then you told me about the story, and I said, you know, why not? That just means that the deck, you know, the deck we've been running isn't perfect. Yeah, yeah. Why are we not like, trying to exploit this? That yeah. people have been stuck in their way, and then I just remembered. And I always thought, you know, Chance Cube and Imperial Discipline was sweet, or Thrawn mm-hmm. and Imperial Discipline mm-hmm. back in the day with Thrawn, uh, Thrawn Tales, and just try to uh, try to add this, and then we yeah. added it, and it also would perform. I think people are they get sort of set in their way, and then oh, this has been working for me in the past. Mm-hmm. But you know, new cards are out, it's a new set, and uh, with the handheld cannon and Vader's Fist, you can actually just make the deck much more aggressive than you have been. Normally, you know, the deck would close out late round four, mm, sometimes mm. round three, but now it can close out round two or early round three yeah, because yeah. of how aggressive it gotten yeah. with handheld cannons and, and Vader's Fist. Yeah, so yeah. people are just stuck in their own, oh, okay, I've got to remove all their dice and then play all my expensive vehicles and then mm, take over the game mm. in late round four. Yeah, yeah. But but you can do so much more with it now yeah, that you got sure. uh, Snoke's power action yeah. and, uh, to f- focus, mm. quadruple focus on Thrawn nice. with huge damage <laughs> size on other cards. So one of the things when you change the setup of the Throne Snoke deck, you also change the symmetry in the deck. So for instance, we ran a really large event suite, but it also meant that because we were going through our deck so fast, we had to leave out some of the cards that are seen as stable cards in, in blue decks. For instance, we didn't play any Force Illusions. No. Force Illusion and TIE Fighter is a little bit of a number, not too bad, because you can always, no. you, know, you you don't have to take a huge hitch on your Force Illusion until you draw out your TIE Fighters, mm-hmm. but it, it's a little bit of a number, but adding Boundless Ambition, going through your deck so fast, yeah, it just yeah. it just becomes that if Force Illusion gets enough worse than the alternatives, being mm-hmm. you know, pinned down or overconfidence or yeah, yeah. imposing presence, that you know, they just remove a die for for a dollar, uh, which is often what Force Solution does. Force Solution just sometimes do extra, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it just became enough worse that, that mm. I, it just wasn't mm. worth it. I saw decks play because that for me was a revelation throughout the tournament. We could have calculated that before, but throughout the tournament, the revelation was, of course, that Vader's fist is ridiculously good at the overconfidence battle. Oh yeah, <laughs> it really can't lose. <laughs> and the funny thing is that oh, what surprised me was that I saw a lot of decks actually cut down on the overconfidence, which for me was a must include in a deck that has such great dice. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Um, so I, I really felt that that the mitigation suite was where it was supposed to be. I never really felt that I was off. And in the mirror match, I very often felt that I was ahead because I would take their mitigation. And I would still be left with two pieces, and then they would take one, which meant that I had now the chance to mitigate at least once. I agree with you that if I were to go to the same tournament tomorrow, I would probably, with a very, very slight change to the deck, I would probably bring a version very similar to what we already uh, attacked.
Mas, apart from throwing Snoke, what, if anything, did we learn from French Nationals 2018? We learned that, so even though a, you know, a character combination is found, there's no clear, you know, it, it's not like you can just say Thrawn Snoke is the best deck, because no. which, which deck are you talking about? Our deck is you know, 15 cards different from the winning deck list. Mm, mm. So, you know, 15 cards different, that's almost a completely different deck. You know, there might be Vader decks that are closer to the th- winning Thrawn Snoke list that, that our deck was. So, so you know, you can't just say that, oh, yeah, Thrawn Snoke is the best deck. Mm. You, know, you got to look at the lists because they can do very, very different things. Yeah, yeah. I also learned that the Thrawn Snoke mirror is, I knew that going in, but it is incredibly fun. and It's an amazing game, it right? Is, it, and also just watching, watching the finals and the semifinals play out is, you know, such good content to watch the Thrawn yeah, Snoke. Yeah. And there's so many sub games. Just mm. uh, so I had a just a, a small finesse I, I pulled on uh, on one of my opponents. He he rolls out his throne and uh, he's you know before he says anything I pick up two resources and I you know I say bit like I'm gonna play beguile. So he says two and I don't have a beguile <laughs> in my hand, but it's a sub yeah, it's kind of mini game to me. I did have another two. I had the landing craft, but I was alright losing the landing craft. If yeah, he yeah. didn't take my confidences, uh, yeah, my doubts. Yeah. So uh, I, I made him say two. He said two to fix the beguile. He didn't hit it. <laughs> I, he he That's never got great. money that game uh, because you know I could just keep mitigating yeah, his, his yeah, strong yeah. money dice, and I got a lot of money. I got a beta's fist round one, and then as soon as I played it, he said, "Oh, this is the beginning of the end." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it smashed him for nine, and then killed him round two. Yeah, yeah. Um, or killed his throne round two. Yeah, just these small edges, and you know they come up all the time. This yeah. is just one example of where. Yeah. I also got outplayed by Thrawn Snoke. Mm, uh, it's just mm. so many mini games that you yeah. can do. I know that a lot of people they sort of feel really repulsed from the idea of watching the mirror match, but I felt very similar to you that playing the. I did three mirror matches in in the tournament, uh, two in the Swiss rounds, one in the top eight, and they were some of the most fun games. Fantastic. And sort of because it really showcases the complexity of the game yep. and how to play games within the game. Of course, I like to play a varied uh, number of decks. I like to play against different opponents and all these things. It, it's not that. And variance is always good. But sort of playing Destiny at its most complex level, that's that's something that any competitive player should get a kick out of. Yeah, it was, it was excellent. And uh, of course, Thrawn will cycle out soon. And sure. But it was just great. Do you think, uh, because there were a bit of talk at the tournament concerning that, do you think that Thrawn Snoke, even with a nerf to Snoke, can retain or keep its power level? Yeah, so it's it's not going to be at the level it is now because Snoke's dice are deceptively powerful and you're yeah. going to lose a die. But let's say he goes to 14, you can still play Snoke, uh, Thrawn, Elite Thrawn, single die Snoke, and then the plot that draws a card, mm. which is not the worst setup. Mm. It, you know, Especially with cards like Imperial Discipline or uh, that kind of keeps Thrawn making money. So it'll still be a, a really good deck, but mm. it, it will drop it. Because right now, we've found it to be the best deck, so will it continue to be the best deck when it drops a little bit in power level? Time will tell. Mm. It's something we've got to test out. And I think that the tournament showed that with the expected nerf to Snoke and thereby sort of blowing up the meta, there are a lot of interesting decks out there. There's Talson Beckett in the tournament, a deck I really like, a super aggro deck, looks super interesting. We had uh, Danny Adlam and Arturo playing FN Beckett, also a super interesting uh, character combination. We've seen Leia Bush played with Yoda, Jin Erso, Cassian being played as well. There are a lot of really interesting character packs. 
what I note the most is that it looks like we are moving back towards a meta that might favor uh, two character decks over three character decks. Yeah, at least uh, by the cards in that. Yeah. For the French nationals, I, I still think the, the fat tires are it's a great deck. Yeah. And, and and I think that what I will be watching going deeper into or going further into across the galaxy meta is definitely the fat vehicle decks. Yeah. Because there are so few answers to the fat vehicle decks. That was actually my fastest game at the French nationals, fastest game ever. Actually, it was a five minute game. It was actually on stream, so you should go and watch it. Uh, it's against the fat shadowcaster deck. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is shut down in what my fourth action with an ATST special. Boom. <laughs> So that's also how games can end, and uh, I mean, uh, it could have gone in any other way. I was, of course, hard mulliganing for the ATST. I knew that I needed to find an answer to the Shadowcaster. But right now, there aren't a lot of answers to fat vehicles. No. And I think that in future sets, there has to be something very similar to fallback or similar to drop him or something, uh, law and order, something that can destroy supports that can make you get rid of things like Vader's Fist or a decked out Shadowcast or Fire Spray or whatnot. Yeah, no, I agree. Because those decks, they look to be, once Throne Snoke rotate out or Throne Snoke is not viable anymore, they look to be very, very dominant. Even, the decks are still good even with Throne yeah, Snoke yeah. In, the mirror, or in the meta, so all the fat vehicle decks are still ex- excellent decks. We are just at the beginning of the Across the Galaxy meta. And it looks pretty exciting. I do not agree with the people who were looking at that single tournament at French Nationals saying this is meta-defining, because it's not. We already know, or at least there are strong conjectures towards the changes to the meta, namely the nerfing of Snoke. And it's coming. I mean, everything says that it's coming. And I think that there are a lot of interesting things going forward. And I think that people are way too fast in their rejection of the construction of the meta and where the meta will bring us. And I think that it's a really negative attitude towards a game which is hyper-complex and which constantly has shown us that it moves in all kinds of directions. Yeah, so uh, I, I tried a lot of bills and I... so. This, we talked about this in the last podcast, but I th- I'll throw things, things at you, and if I can't beat you, then I'll probably join you, and this is what happened this time, but yeah, yeah. it is you know, it is fairly beatable. We still have decks that have you know, overperformed and beat Thrawn Snoke. Yeah, yeah. This was um, a Leia Ray deck, yeah. a new Leia, yellow Leia, and old Ray 1, and you play double down as your plot, so you can run three close quarters and three Viber knives, yeah. and you can start your turn by getting rid of their hand. So that's, that's a pretty powerful deck. I still think there's other things that you know, people can just play. You know, aggressive decks with abandon all hope. Mm-hmm. Just play multiple copies of that, and yeah. sure they're going to generate some money, some money. But if you know, he's probably not going to guess two, and then you know he can't really pick up his money. Or you can play more copies of fair trade, and he can't pick up his money. So there's a lot of things you can do. And there are still answers. Even to a resetting fat vehicle deck, you still have hyperspace jumps. You still have retreats out there. Uh, you just deal some damage and jump out of there. Yeah. 
So um, you can still combat uh, com- combat the mirror. I I just we just wasn't able to find a deck that was good enough overall and mm. could still beat Thrones. No, but it's you know, it's out there and you know let let the Americans have a crack at it now. Yeah. And uh, I'm confident we won't see seven Thrones no decks in the not. next top eight. I'll be putting my fat, uh, greasy hands on uh, the fire spray. We played uh, David on one of our patrons on TTS, and he demonstrated the power of a decked-out fire spray yeah. uh, deck against us. That looks sweet. I'm going to try that one out. What's your next deck, uh, Masutsun? I'll probably uh, OTK him a little bit more. Uh, I knew it. As always, we're recording live here from Ask Gaming Cafe in the heart of Copenhagen. Our show is being produced by Adriana Tovard Veles. And then remember, you cannot escape your destiny.